fourth, fifth time lucky. Yeah, we've done better than that. Yeah. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. <laughs> and this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the developing Derrickman. Oh, yeah. So long ago, I very nearly forgot that. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? What's everyone up to, Brett? I have been hopefully completing the uh, bench grinder restoration. Still the restoration. Ooh. Did you know that? It's restoration. Um, I was lucky enough to have Eric from Cutworks. If anybody follows him or knows about him, he is on Instagram. He and his wife are two of the best people, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Eric and Stacy happen to be out here over the weekend, and uh, he's just good at making things and fixing things. So the motor, which I had pretty much just sat aside the entire time I was working on everything else because I didn't want to approach the bodged wiring. Uh, Eric helped me through it and then also taught me a few things in the process and kind of disarmed a few aspects of rewiring an electric motor or just kind of, I don't know. You look at you look at all these hanging wires that are doing the weird shit, and you don't know what orientation they're supposed to be in. And then he goes, oh, well, for an AC motor, this, that, and the other thing. And then here's the cable we're going to use for it. Nice. Completely changed my entire outlook on it. I will be finishing it, hopefully, today. Um, and then I got to get the video out, because it's uh, raid, raid people came back to me, and they want me to do... I'm still playing the game. Like, it is very legitimate. I'm still playing the mobile game. So they're like, do you want to talk about it again? I'm like, sure. I'm playing it right now. Um, Got to get that out for review, hopefully up by this weekend. Uh, aside from that, we've got a lot going on at the ranch and various to-do lists. But the real big winner, big ticket item of the last week was I got my assessment on site a person hey! showed up on the on the cabin property took photos and said i will be giving you the actual to-do list in the next email so is it like a sorry i forgot what the american mot is called but you've got to like basically they assess it and you've got to make sure all the things are either done or in hand or taken care of exactly. or could he just let you or could he just literally go yeah it's passed yeah, he could have, which right. obviously I knew that wasn't going to be the case. But um, this is the actual person that will tell me, like, you have yeah. to do this, this, and this to be coded. This is what gets you power, blah, blah, blah. This is, it's like mind-boggling how, how much progress this feels like it's made yeah, no, without sure. really anything happening. Well, um, even just the knowing is progress. That's it. because it's, it's, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it's just answers. It just so will they, be, will, will they be back for like a second round then when you've done all those changes to assess uh, them? I, I imagine there will be multiple rounds of that kind of right. thing because there's yeah, there's just steps to the process of like it has to be uh, I probably have to cut out some walls or some, mm. some sections of the walls because <laughs> the funny thing is none of this shit was coded, which I knew but yeah. I this guy kind of verified it for me. He goes, oh, this property didn't have a bathroom or plumbing or walls. So right. now we got to back step and, and look at all those things. And he's like, I'm going to make you cut out some sections because we have to look at the wiring and the insulation and all this kind of stuff. So 
As in like as, te- test sections, just to see what yes. it's like. Or... It just, we have to be able to see what's behind the wall and what they use. Right. And so you don't have to do the whole thing not... and just assume that the rest of it is done in the same way. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's so, not too bad. Yeah. yeah, we just want to make sure we don't find old socks in the walls, you know, with the insulation. <laughs> um, but it's it's progress, and it will mean that there are actual answers now. Everything up till now has just been a series of, like, yeah. questions and guessing. Mm. And as much as I would have loved to just be building this entire time I've been out here, the guy straight up told me, he goes, oh, yeah, I would have made you pull the entire kitchen apart if you had put it together. Yeah, yeah. So it's better that I hadn't gotten anything done. I, I got a message a week ago or a comment where somebody was like, what's the update on the house? I was like, I have none. <laughs> and I'm glad that I didn't attempt anything because yeah. it would have stepped back even further than what it sounds like I'm already going to have to do. But it's answers. So yeah. that's it. I'm excited. Hopefully, like, going forward, I'd love to be able to just give, like, some cool updates of what's going on with the actual property. So that's nice. it on me, though. Cool. Steve, what about you? Ooh. Ooh. See that fucking thing coming, did you? (laughs) Cheeky bastard. (laughs) Uh, Not much. We we assume that, but I just thought (laughs) you could say that before I did my bit. Well, Uh, almost put out my coffee. You're welcome. uh, I really fucking (laughs) taken aback there. I I don't know what to say now. Uh, What have I been up to? I. have been really fucking hot. It's really warm. fucking hot. It's, 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 it's almost hit like 25 degrees in the UK. <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> That's like 80 plus, right? Yeah. It's been humid as fuck though. So it doesn't matter how much you sweat. It doesn't actually evaporate. It just stays on you. And that's bad enough when you're just like living. But when you actually like have all the forges lit up as well, it's fucking awful. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's it's been busy uh, with work, but it's all kind of much of a muchness. Um, the I've finally got back to actually um, working out again, which Ooh. sounds silly, but I've just been using the stuff that we've got in the workshop, uh, so using bars of metal and stuff like that instead of using weights. Why the fuck I didn't start doing this at the beginning of lockdown, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I finally actually got around to doing it, um, which uh, which is nice. So it means I, I'm already feeling the benefits from it, should we say. Ah, good. Um, good. And uh, yeah, just a bit of that. Uh, and then this weekend... Um, my parents moved into their place uh, 10, 12 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, no, 12, uh, ages ago, over a decade ago. Uh, and when they moved, they went from a five bedroom farmhouse to a two bedroom bungalow uh, with a, quite a large garage. Well, I say large, average sized American garage. Um, and uh, I, uh, when, when they moved, rather than kind of packing everything up in boxes and going through sorting out like what's rubbish and what's not mum just left left everything until the day that we were moving um so there was a massive group of family and friends and everything 
shoving all kinds of random shit into boxes and all of mm. those boxes ended up in the garage and they've just remained there for 10 years um steve um, when are you gonna look through those boxes are you uh, yeah. coming over steve when there's all in boxes in the garage steve i remember yeah. meeting steve's mum and she sounded exactly like this <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it, it, it's one of these where basically i think for for both mum and dad um everything that was contained in there, there was furniture and boxes of shit and all that. And it just built up into this mountain of shit. And it, it, it became one of those tasks where they just didn't ever want to tackle it because it, it, it was one of those where they knew that it wasn't going to be a case of, Oh, we can just do a little bit and then leave it. And then a little bit and then leave it. It became this insurmountable obstacle that they just didn't even want to think about. So stuff just got chucked in on top of it sort of thing mm-hmm. um and uh and yeah saturday i went around to help move an arga uh from the end of the drive to into the garage wait like um, an arga stove I don't, yeah what is that okay yeah uh gotcha. um so just these big chunks of cast iron mm-hmm. and um and I kind of said, like, well, there's no point in trying to put in around all this. Let's pull some of that out. We know we need to get that bit of furniture out anyway. So let's just pull that out and kind of tidy it up a little bit and put it back in in a sensible way. And we ended up just taking out one half of the garage, just everything out and laying it all out. And it was great because everyone's always thought that mum's going to go through it and be like, right, we need to keep this. We need to keep this. We need to keep this. And like 95% of it is going to go back in. But she's actually just gone... I, I want like three things from this and the rest of it can all just fuck off. Um, which is great because dad's retiring next year. So that's going to become his workshop. Um, so yeah, it's been, it, it was a really cathartic thing to do. Nice. Um, but again, being in a, uh, a garage with a 60 year old or 65 year old man and a shitload of cardboard boxes and spiders and blah, it was very warm and very sweaty. Uh, so I ended up taking after Murph and just going and sitting in the river. Um, oh, I thought that story was going to go in a very different direction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was nice because uh, me and Jazz got to kind of splash around in the water a little bit with Murphy because we've obviously not been able to go to the beach or any of our usual um, river spots this year because they've all been full of arseholes. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, so we've had to kind of avoid that. So it was nice to kind of get get our feet wet a little bit. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's kind of it. Al, and, what about and you? Now, and now you've got a whole stack of uh, retro games consoles that you can play on because you've <laughs> dug them all out of the garage. I wish. Was, <laughs> this is the thing. There was none of my stuff was in all that right. garage. No, it, was no, all, it was all just mum's shit. Yeah, I, I'd moved out of the house a long time before that. Mm, didn't, didn't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, and mum sold our N64 before she moved. Bitch. Um, yeah, what have you been up to? Um, this weekend, I was uh, camping and fishing, which is delightful, in the forest. Yay! Up, up in the in the, in the the lakes, um, which is an absolute pleasure. And it was, as you say, delightfully warm, but when you're in a forest, it was nice and not that muggy. Mm-hmm. So I've not been complaining. Um, and earlier on in the week, I... Um, visited a sawmill close to me so i've um been commissioned to do this banqueting table and i got in touch with the good man dandles 
um, for his timber expertise. Uh, and he basically told me to fuck off and that he didn't <laughs> help me. Uh, yeah. But he gave me a great detail of uh, someone like an hour away from me. So I went and visited them. Nice. And it was fucking superb. It was like very much missing out the middleman. It was yeah. It was a, a sawmill. So it wasn't even like Yandel standard where they're actually like selling wood and have a shop and stuff like that. This was just yeah. the barn where they cut and dry the wood. Awesome. Um, which meant there was fucking loads of choice, loads of stock, and ridiculously like good prices. Um, so yeah, I've got myself some slabs, um, which will be delivered hopefully tomorrow. Um, which means I've got to basically rebuild the shack <laughs> in order to fit this table <laughs> in. So I'm going to have to build a, like an extension on the front of the shack. So that's what I'm going to be trying to do this, the, this week in the evenings if I've got time before this wood nice. comes because I've got to get it built before the wood comes because I don't want to leave the wood out in case it rains. <laughs> what kind of wood is it? Uh, it's oak, of course. Oh, oh nice. oak. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a whole new world for me actual mm. woodworking um, with real wood, not uh, construction grade <laughs> two by fours. Um, but there's there's all sorts of stuff I need to build before it. So I've got to build like a, a flattening jig and a whole like trestle table to bake the table on and this extension to the shack. So there's, there's loads of stuff going into this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also got a video out as well. Yay! Yay! A very funny video. It was Dude, something I've I always to... wanted to do was have a secret door. Um, ever since I was a kid, I've been fascinated with secret doors. Um, I always wanted one to be there that I didn't know about and I'd find it. So I was always searching for secret doors, no matter where I went. Mm-hmm. Whoever's house I was in, I'd be looking like in wardrobes and shit. I think that's Narnia for you. But um, yeah, managed to do it and made a little fun project out of it as well. So nice. a little bit of a family project, family friendly, swearing it free. Great. It was great. Um, it was. And I, I always appreciate when somebody can uh, break down these Nerf guns or these, these you know, off-brand water pistols or whatever and then make them look fun and inviting because they are... <laughs> I know you even uh, called it out in the video where you're like, oh, they're not the name brand ones or whatever, but by the yeah. time you've, like, invested the the sanding and the repainting and everything like that, they're... They look better. Well, this, this is the thing. Yeah. So when I was breaking them down and you're like peeling off all the horrible like decals, like really bad sticker mm-hmm. in and the shitty branding and stuff. And then just the, the garish colors. It's not even like they've got like interesting color schemes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not even in like a, a kid's toy way. Like kids toys can be really fun colors or like a really like interesting palette or actually be, tell a story. Like I think, yeah. I think like Super Soaker brand, which I think is owned by Nerf now. Um, they do like all Fortnite. So they have a theme and they have a palette that's obviously a classy because it's come from a game and someone's actually thought about it. Mm-hmm. But all these cheap toys, it's just so frustrating because someone's gone the effort of designing that fucking thing, right? Yeah. And then like, these weapons, gone, what, what cheap, what cheap, what, no, color. What, what pellets have you got left basically yeah. in your fucking Chinese warehouse? Because yeah. I need to make some. So there's, it was frustrating because as I took apart these things and like you're pulling off like the grip on the pump action is like, this is actually really nice. And there's loads of little details in here. And like, yeah. even where they've put the screws and stuff, it's really, it's, it's been considered yeah, in all the proportions and stuff. And then like the big, like um, rail gun one, which was the best one by far. And it was the cheapest. Yeah, that, was five, make... that was five quid. Oh my God. And it was, and it was fucking, it was, it was, it had like the most like volume of water per yeah. 
first square. Right. Fucking amazing. But once I stripped that down and painted it, it really started to look like this like 50s, like yeah. Because all, all it was all like kind of spaceship, like bulbous shapes and stuff. It really felt like something from Men in Black. Um so yeah, I think I think it's a it's a wise move for anyone if they've got kids and they want to kind of just upgrade shit. I remember doing it years ago with a guncon two for time crisis yeah mm-hmm. it was in like it was either like obnoxious orange or just like cheap plastic blue and I just like stripped it down got some like metal hammerite black hammerite paint so instantly it just like well weighed twice as much yeah because <laughs> of the paint <laughs> but i had this metal coat in and then you yeah. like hit it with some rub and buff and it just had these like fucking two metal gun cons and it just <laughs> it, it made that it made the whole experience it meant the playing the game more fun yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's the you know we go back to the escapism thing or the video game stuff. If you're dealing with your children and you give them something that looks super fake and ugly and yeah, dumb yeah, yeah, colors yeah. and cheap looking, like fucking if, Barbie or like Frozen stickers on the fucking yeah, board. you're not like, you're not necessarily trying to tell your kids like it's okay to shoot each other with yeah, these yeah, weapons. Yeah. You're like, no, they are water guns, but we can make <laughs> them look cool. Yeah. Something I never did as a kid. And I, I always wanted to try. I remember we cut a super soaker. Like we started to try and cut it because we were going to see if we could put like four more canisters on it somehow. Oh, nice. We didn't yeah, know yeah. what we were doing. And then I, I believe it was, it might have been my dad. I don't know. Either my mom or my dad caught us doing it and <laughs> we like effectively ruined a super soaker. And they just, <laughs> damn it. They were not happy. <laughs> That was the one that just like the the canister never stayed on properly because we cut the ring mm. off of it. So yeah. Anywho, yeah. I'd love uh, to see your take on that on that gun, that big rail gun, but putting like a gigantic water pack attached to it. Well, that's the thing because that was that was not done with air pressure like most of them are. Yeah. That was just done by purely pistons. So it's just five right. pistons just squirting water. So there was no other. So if you could have a a one-way valve on the back of each of those pistons hooked up via tubes to a backpack. Yeah. You just have a constant, you just have a constant oh, supply wow. like Bane, proper, proper Bane, not proper Bane. Tom, yeah. Tom Hardy Bane. <laughs> Wait, are you talking Bane like Batman forever Bane? Yeah, proper Bane. Okay. Bane! Bane. <laughs> uh, transition right. that one, Steve. Yeah. Well, so Steve, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> This is why I always go last, because I'm <laughs> so good at the segues. Uh, yeah, so we are, because we're so rubbish at um, coming up with topics, uh, we're going to reuse some of the ones that were suggested uh, two weeks ago. Um, and we are going to go with Graham's um, suggestion, which is... So the whole thing is there was a quantum leap with the introduction of Schools for Fools, largely brought on due to lockdown. What do you wish, hope, desire for the next evolution of the group, tribe, or clan? Um, so I don't know if any of you guys want to take this and like what what's your kind of thoughts on what you would like to see next? I <laughs> would like to take um, inspiration from and learnings from Bretzler adventure out in the Maker Ranch, actually, and this kind of heading towards the North Star of this this attainability of 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 being off grid and being self sustainable and and not having to pay the man anymore, you know, 
Um, yeah. How how can we use our skills and our passion and our enthusiasm and our encouragement um, to to get out of the fucking rat race? Because I, because I look around and I see what's happening in the world. I see people, you know, struggling for work, having problems like, you know, things having knock-on effects in their life, and no matter how good they are at something, they can't seem to be able to help themselves. So I want us all to be able to help ourselves. And whether that's creating like a, a little world of our own, you know, we, we have this little bubble, right? We have this little maker community, but the majority of us are still going back to the fucking, the grind, right? Mm-hmm. Some of you, some of you are lucky enough and, and have worked hard enough and have earned, you know, a kind of quasi freedom where you, you're kind of, partly doing it for yourself but you still got to kind of there's still things grounding you right brett like you're saying like the 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 guy still got to come in and let you live in your own fucking house yeah and give you permission to build your own fucking wall in your own house so i mean i understand the the need for laws and and, and rules and stuff but I, th- I think there's an opportunity somewhere for for for, for like-minded people like us to be to be going somewhere else, going in a different direction. I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. as far as the education system goes or how the how things could evolve from the schools for fools, um, in, in that same vein, it, it's this idea that you can surround yourself with fellow makers and be helpful, like we have talked about a thousand times, you know, Community being strong is one thing, but when you start to get away from what has become a standardized system of education, you go, you pay money to a certain person, they feed you information, and then you walk away hopefully being better at the thing that you went to study or... In in $100,000 of debt, setting you up perfectly for a life of servitude. Exactly. <laughs> and also, like, the, you know, nine times out of ten, the person who's teaching the classes doesn't doesn't really care no. of whether or not you picked up on the information or are going to benefit from taking their class. It's more about, did you pay the money to be here? Uh, even if you didn't do a good job, all I have to do is give you bad grades and just be like, I don't know. I guess you didn't mm-hmm. do good. Yeah. But with with the way that the school the fool school went it was a bunch of people who like in my mind didn't really have an outlet and whether or not you want to consider your youtube channel being something where you're sharing information and educating people yeah there's the talking to the camera and really nailing down what process you're doing but i would say the majority of people it's more like fly on the wall style shooting even if there's a voiceover so being able to have that more one-on-one interaction with whoever the educator is in the class, I think needs to be the way that things are approached in the future. And I, it, I've it, had it enough. Was, it was mutual, right? It was mutual. Yes. Like you, you go to school. The school's not learning anything from you, other than right. data, fucking statistics, so they can pass the next fucking inspection. Yes. They're not. They're not learning anything from the kids. Whereas I think what what we've experienced with the with the full schools is, it's this constant dialogue you know it's this multi-streamed conversation where you learn something you learn something from them you better yourself via this you know it's putting these people in this environment these multi-skilled people all mm-hmm. multidisciplinary 
is just this fuel for this fucking fire. Well, yeah, it's a different way of treating education and learning, right? Mm. It's one thing to take the class at the blacksmith forge yeah. and, and learn how to make an axe, but it's a very different experience. Like I, I've now taken a few different blacksmithing classes or weekends and it's a very different experience going to the forge, Steve's forge, and yeah. having Alex Pohl stand there and tell you not only why you do things a certain way, but like which tools, which processes, how you control heats, all of that stuff, because he gives a shit, but there's also the open dialogue. Like we've chatted back and forth. So even though he's my educator in that moment, he'll ask me about you know, videos afterwards or dumb Instagram crap, just mm -hmm. because there's a sharing of information, the respect that's given of being like, I consider us peers or equals, you know, when it comes to our fools with tools group. And it's like, but one day I could tell you this thing that you're interested in because I happen to have knowledge about it. But tomorrow I really hope you can teach me something about the thing I don't know about. So the, the interesting thing that I found with the the classes is in other than the um, uh, the French class because it was a different kind of structure. Um, in every single one of them, there was always a um, a commonality. There was a the ability for um, like in the pottery class when when Heidi was demonstrating something, me being able to liken it to how we move steel or in the fusion class um drawing out and then likening that to you know how something is is 3d printed or mm -hmm. whatever there was this constant um uh it, it was it was the fact that people were able to um transfer things into a language that they understood and um i think one of the the things that we're all quite aware of one of the problems with the um the educational systems that are in place at the moment is a lot of them are very much um a teacher stands at the front reads some script from a book and the kids write it down and repeat it and and that's it there's no um there's no interaction there's no uh willingness to um transcribe it into a, a, a way that's easier to understand it's this is the information. This is how it's presented. That's it. Whereas uh, in a lot of the classes, it was there, there was a certain element of that, but then there was discussion afterwards and there was interaction. Um, and again, that's why I think doing um, something where you you get that uh, that interaction is is better for learning than just watching a video because there's little things that you can ask that an instructor's not always going to think of. I mean even now when we're teaching classes, I still get questions where I kind of go, do you know what? I had never even thought about that. And that's a really good question because actually that's a really important part of, of what we do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that, that ability to ask questions and like I say, the kind of mutual respect um, between the instructor and the students is, is a really important thing. I mean, there, there was obvious issues with how the, the schools of fools thing was set up, but I think on the whole, I think it worked quite, quite well. And it certainly has, um, it's, it's sparked in other people, a, a real interest in things that perhaps they wouldn't have necessarily gotten involved with in the first place or they would otherwise, sorry. 
Yeah, well, without getting into a long discussion about capitalism, I think my biggest my biggest takeaway from the whole online schooling and the, yes, everything that's going on right now is creating a lot of Zoom calls. I wish everybody had bought stock in Zoom before all this started. <laughs> um, but what blows my mind is is people are starting to realize that working from home, like half the jobs that are digital jobs or uh, revolve around the online world, there's not the need for the on-site stuff anymore. And I know companies, I know friends of mine that are working for companies going, you know, even after all this stuff switches around, maybe we could scale back a little bit. Like we have a 10,000 square foot office and we haven't been there in six months and work is still getting done and no one's doing unnecessary meetings anymore. Yeah. And so even stuff like schooling opening up to, uh, you know, international students, I, I, can't remember what podcast I was listening to recently, but because of the Zoom meeting aspect of things, people are still hosting classes, and now they realize that they can get people from Europe to be that part was, of their classes. And that was the, the Full Blast podcast, and it was John that's Iriani right. talking about yeah, that's a right. German student, Genghis John, talking about German students. Yes, so the idea that these these curriculum that existed at my university where it's like you have to be here to draw the picture of the model that's in front of you aspects like that would be difficult to do like figure drawing without the person in front of you would be extremely difficult it's light flattens over video and all that kind of stuff but i gotta think about the design class stuff that i went through where it was really a question of getting fed a lot of information presenting your work you know to the other students so you could have a critique and then what's your takeaway go home and work and then be ready to present next time every single aspect of those classes could have been done you know socially distanced yeah and i i know that there are issues i know that there's going to be issues with you know if everybody pulls out of the office because they all realize they can go digital then all those people that were renting those places and making money on the buildings in New York city suddenly are going to go broke, but the children, you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love knowing that the, our little school thing wrought with problems as it was, it's, it's kind of getting ahead of that trend. Like we have people from all over the world in different time zones and we're benefiting from the education that these people are bringing in. All you have to do is set aside some time in your day and you get to interact with these people. You create more of a connection with these online strangers that we just kind of exchange emails with or direct messages. And it creates these like super tight bonds where you care about the other people's opinions and, and proving that their education worked makes them feel better. Right. A teacher. I feel like a a teacher or a professor in my school, like if I did well. The the amount of credit that they would take for it, well, it's like, well, you were shitty when you got here. Look how much better I've made you. You're like, it's not about the power play of you being like master teacher person. And I am lowly student. Hopefully you like the color red I chose. And all of this stuff going forward with the education system, like I just I think it was such a moneymaker. And I think it was such a, a systematic, like, feed in new students, get the money, spit them out, 
like Al said a minute ago, servitude in the end because everyone's got student debt. And nowadays it's like, not only could you find cheaper options for those for higher education, you know, after you've gone through like your university level, either age or schooling, you could seek out these things and you don't actually have to deal with the logistics anymore. Hmm. I could take a class that's in Germany if they spoke English or I got better at German. I could do that and I would gladly pay the money because it's like I chose to do that thing, but I don't have to move to Germany and I can yeah. continue doing my work. I just have to add it in on my schedule. That's mind boggling. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it it's funny because the, the way that the education system seems to work, especially in the, in the States seems to be very much focused around, uh, around money. And that was one of the great things about um, setting up the schools for fools thing is the fact that we were, you know, people were were volunteering their time. We were able to um, allow people to take these classes for for free. Um, but one of the reasons we haven't had a second semester is because it's got to the point where you know I'm I'm back at work. Um, I've got enough other things on my plate that i simply can't afford the time um certainly not the the time um for free and it it sounds like a, a shitty thing to say that you know i i need to make money from this but i only have a finite amount of time so i i i simply can't afford to take a day off of work or a day out of what little free time i have to 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 do all the stuff that needs doing in the back end without um without some kind of compensation for it um and that's not really something that i'm interested in i don't want to to do this as a business this is the whole point of this was it was a way of uh breaking up the monotony of um of, of being in lockdown and allowing people to to learn some new stuff and to make some new friends and, and all of that and it was great um but the frustrating thing is, I think that it's such a good way of doing it. And I think that there is definite potential for this to be a really uh, powerful tool for enabling people to um, to expand. But it's not just um, it's not just me giving up time to do it. It's also the cost of, well, actually, you know, if we were going to do it, we'd probably need to do it in a slightly different way to the way we're doing it. All of those things end up costing money and as generous as um some of the teachers were with their time not everyone can afford to to teach a class for free so some of those are going to want paying um which is great but then it it means that actually then it costs you know either a monthly fee or a fee per class or or whatever mm. um and then that adds up then that adds logistics that adds more admin which means that there's more time need spending on it which means more money needs to come out of it and it it then becomes a, a business through necessity um and like i say that that's where it it starts getting complicated and that's why i think um without being state funded a lot of uh educational systems like that end up costing a lot of money you look at the amount of um uh, ones that are out there like uh skillshare or the great courses plus or masterclass or any of those um kind of online learning platforms um they all cost a month monthly fee and that's with just a person putting out 
a series of videos and having a forum set up sort of thing there's not um there's not that level of interaction that there was with the the schools for fools stuff um and i i i genuinely don't know how you could do that and maintain a um like a low cost minimum uh, like almost no bar to entry sort of thing because that's that's one of the things that i i had long winded conversations with a few people about how we could continue it and how we could um maintain it in a way that actually there's always free classes so people don't need to pay to be able to learn all of the new skills like maybe it's a uh, you know this class costs x amount because it's with so and so but this one's actually free because this person's volunteered their time or you know there'd be a, a small monthly subscription but you can uh, attend x class for free or whatever like trying to come up with a way of doing it that's that's fair that's that's worthwhile and it was just impossible yeah you can't that's the whole point and and, and you've you've answered the question and the question is like how can you maintain it like you shouldn't have to be maintained something yeah like the the purpose that it it came around is exactly as you said it was never intended to be a self-sustaining thing and the bigger it gets the more it's going to need supported yeah it's back to to my initial point is that it needs to evolve yeah it's like the education system doesn't work because it's 3,000 years old and standing in front of a room of children and, and getting to repeat something until they remember it and then they leave is not how people learn. It's how they remember. It's not the same thing. Mm. So I think it needs to be a relationship. I think it needs to be a two-way thing. I think it needs to be the people that are coming to learn are actually giving something to the people doing the teaching. So example, um, I worked at the the, uh, the the barn complex last year um, where it was for um, people with autism mm -hmm. um, who basically, young people with autism who weren't able to participate in traditional schooling because it was too expensive and it was too disruptive and too, too much stress on them. You know, they didn't want to be in that environment. No one wants to be in that environment, but Never mind someone on the fucking spectrum. They don't want to be locked in yeah. a fucking room every hour. Um, so it, 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 it in itself became business where they would learn things, but the things that they were learning would be sold. Yeah. One of which was a, a um, fresh garden produce, one of which was making chocolate. You know, yeah. all these different disciplines where they were, they were teaching these people things to take into the real world and support themselves as young adults. Yeah. But the reason it was sustainable and the reason it was able to continue is because they were actually giving something back in return. Yeah. They weren't just sitting in a classroom being talked to. Um, so if it, that's why I think the next stage of Fools with Schools, Schools for Fools, is you know workshops for fools. It's things where actually people go and bring their skills and do things together and make things. I think I was listening to the... Um, shovel and steel podcast with uh, Chris mm -hmm. um, and Zepp was on. Yeah. And he was talking about uh, what's it called? Make a fucking festival at Jimmy's. Um, make a camp. Make a camp. And he was talking about how that was just lots of different people coming together. And you could go over there and you could do metalworking. You could go over there and do leatherworking, but there was no big sell. Yeah. You know, there was no one trying to slip you their fucking business card. It was yeah. all, I'll do this, you know, I'll, I'll trade this. And I don't mean in some, like, weird, like, utopian socialist environment where we all just trade skills for fucking 
you know, electricity, but somewhere in between where mm. what we're doing is, is a value, but we're not doing it without getting anything back. Because like you said, Steve, for all the will in the world, yes, you can be selfless. Yes, you can be generous, but it's not going to keep the lights on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's not going to pay for the materials. Whereas if it's a relationship and it's two way or multiple ways, you know, and yeah. it's all, everybody's coming with the same enthusiasm and the same energy. That's how it becomes sustainable. Yeah. But then I think like, cause I, I, I really like that. There's a, a place um, near me called, um, it's called the winking frog and it's a cafe. It's a very, very similar sort of idea. Um, it's, it's adults with, um, uh, a variety of, of difficulties that, hmm. um, that, uh, able to earn money and earn and learn skills whilst yeah. giving back. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a really nice place. It's, um, I love what they do and I really like that idea, but I'm I'm trying to solutionize now because I'm thinking like well yeah but you know the idea of of doing the workshops but you know where do you set them up and then how do you uh, like what initial investment do you put in and and all of that and it becomes it becomes this thing where you know you need investment so therefore you need um, to make money back to pay back investors unless you get these selfless people that are going all right well here's x amount of money to set up that thing but then that thing is 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 localized and i think like when you first uh started talking about it you you said that it was never set up to be self-sustaining and that's not entirely true because when i originally kind of started floating the idea the idea was that actually because people are doing the classes for free and because people are, are doing this and, and and all that it was like actually yeah this could keep going and keep going and keep going like and it it could be self-sustaining because there was no at, at first there was no cost yeah it was using it was using stuff that was already set up and and already existing um but obviously as things progress then costs start coming in and then the, there is maintenance involved and it's not just five minutes of my time that, to that is what i meant i didn't i, I didn't yeah mean, sorry yeah, yeah. you'd never i meant it was inevitable yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but yeah that that like and I, I i think i was perhaps being a bit naive when i kind of originally thought oh yeah this is this is easily self-sustainable because like you say it, it, it's inevitable that things are gonna as they snowball that 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 all kind of adds in um and yeah i just I think it just frustrates me that we're like not I, I guess it just it frustrates me that we're not able to offer that idyllic dream. Um so, so I, I think I think we no, it's not easy, but I think the the interesting thing is where the new world meets the old world, right? So mm. we're all we're all dabbling with 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 traditional skills, right? There's the Kickstarter book that's all about we are makers and it's all handmade yeah. leather, this and you know, it's it's nostalgia and it's um it's romantic, right? It's talking about things from the past yeah. that people used to do, like, oh, we could all just live in a castle and one of us could be the cook and one of us could be the blacksmith and what yeah, that's fine, but we'd all die dysentery. Yeah. Like the the difference is now that like some of us do work in marketing, some of us do work in IT, 
Yeah. Some of us do understand copyright law. So it's almost like we, we, we need a way to like not be ashamed of those skills in combination yeah. with our making skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's when it that's when you, that's when it works. That's why Ben's able to put money on the table because he combines yeah. woodworking with his ability to be a you know a businessman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I mean, this goes back to one of our conversations from the other week where we were talking about the the whole thing of selling out and in quotes like and and like i say this is why i i have no problem with someone doing a video that's that's got a that's sponsored by red yeah that's sponsored by whoever like i would if someone wants to turn around and give us a 100 quid each to for 30 seconds to say buy a mattress from this company because they're great i have no problem with that at all i don't see that as selling out i see that as getting something back for for what we put in like if if someone wanted to sponsor the podcast i i wouldn't have a problem with it like it's i i think there's this this big thing where people get um not ashamed of making money but it's almost like this um i can't think of the fucking word but like they don't want to um admit that they make money they want to live in this fantasy world where oh no i i just i just make things out of wood that's all i do i don't actually go to a nine to five and do a a a job that needs doing like it it's it's okay to to earn a wage it's okay to to do that and it's and like you say it's okay to have that knowledge to 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 know how to do other things because they are just as valuable as being able to hit a bit of steel or cut some wood up or whatever it is that turners do like i think i think you've you've made you made a really good point in the fact that there are a lot of skills that people have that they um they're not only are they not necessarily proud of but they actively uh try and shy away from it as if they're somehow not not they're something they should be ashamed of in the maker community because it's not woodwork or metalwork or leatherwork or whatever like yeah. no all, all these things have value and it's okay to to want to capitalize on that on that value well we've wanted to you know create the maker castle that was something we started talking about when we all I thought that's what this fucking episode was going to be about yeah me too <laughs> and al hinted at it and then steve just went right back to being upset about money um i'm just kidding steve <laughs> he wasn't paying attention anyway so if we did the the whole maker castle thing or this idea that you create a, a communal maker space you know, yeah and, and when, when i talk about that i mean it could be virtual right it could yes. be remote it could be you know satellite yes or it but could be a physical is... fucking castle with a drawbridge exactly so when you bring this kind of thing up i obviously i i take it to the the fantasy reality yeah. where if we were able to find a castle and it had a moat around an island and that's red's family's house out there you got to take a boat to get to it um i guarantee this castle would have amazing wi-fi and yeah get mariel to fucking install it there yeah. you go <laughs> and, and kill like, to, to tweak it 30 systems yeah and uh like our uh you know, the kitchen, the kitchen space would probably be immaculate because it would have 
turned, spun, and forged pans from Steve and the forge, and then knives from the 10,000 knife makers that I guess we all know now. But all of those aspects that would go into something like that, or even creating the virtual version of it, when you talk about this sustainability or how things are going to progress forward with the schools with fools, I think 10 years ago, this stuff was a bit less realistic. Like you couldn't necessarily project forward and say, well, if I got a select group of 20 people with this gigantic spectrum of skills, what could we make happen? And I think in the past, it was like, well, what happens? You have to get those people together in one space. Well, now with us all being relatively digital savvy, the schools of fools could be a really good litmus test for like, how do you optimize that kind of thing? I know there are problems to be solved with financials and paying for people's time. That is a given. That, that's just on the like, that's the fucking reality. At some point, we have to work out money to where that happens. But just put that on the table. Like, it's there. What about the rest of the stuff that people have never been able to solve those problems before or up till now haven't needed to? How do you create the Maker Castle that has, like, full-on Harry Potter style? You, you got to walk up the weird stairs to get to Kel's room where he teaches you about God knows what and talks about peanut butter the entire time. I want to go to that class. How do I get there? And how do I know that Kel's time is compensated for how much he gives back and has given back up to this point in time. What are the problems that need to get solved to create the castle? All right. Number one, collect underpants. Number two. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just look at, look at Laura's, right? There was kind of a, a plan, but, it was a bit of a free-for-all, right? Mm-hmm. And we all just kind of turned up and made fun things. But 10 people went to another country, and for all intents and purposes, we could have built a house. Yes. If we'd have had maybe someone there, you know, gas-certified and someone who knew what we were doing with electronics or something. If that was actually orchestrated and a bit less of a kind of artistic expressional free-for-all thing, that could very easily have been something that was really fruitful in terms of... a uh, a sustainable out- outcome or something that could have profited itself without, without requiring uh, a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That could have been a thing in its own right. I almost think that like, if she does the next one, it might fund itself, but it's the, it's, it's the, you know, we go there, we build a food truck, we set up a festival and we make some money. <laughs> so, so, th- so the thing we're doing is actually producing it. It's like, even with the sponsors, like, yeah, everyone sleeps on a mattress. Yeah, so what? Like, the only people getting a good deal out of that are the fucking mattress company. Like, it's still the man. It's still the the thing that we're trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Steve. Bite the fucking hand off. Because you got to take what you can get in this world. Mm-hmm. But my point is that with all our energy and all our passion and all our understanding and enthusiasm and and generosity surely there must be a way we can do it ourselves surely there must be a way we can sustain ourselves there is and don't call me surely steve what do you got um yeah i i completely agree and i i fucking love that idea um 
and I, I love the idea of saying well, fuck it yeah let's let's go build a house let's go do this let's go do that but i think the where the the sponsorship comes in that can that's unless you have a fucking phenomenal credit rating where or credit system with a supply or all of your suppliers mm. where you can get all of the equipment all of the materials and everything all supplied and it's almost like a a uh, a uh fuck what they called buy to build mortgage where yeah, yeah you you get the money and then you pay it back on a speculative thing but even with that you know you have to meet x amount of criteria like i think that's that's one of the main sticking points and i would fucking love if there was a way that we could work around that because the the problem at the moment is that's an issue that everyone faces but if you've got the um the the poll whether it's like the social media numbers or whatever then you know you can get a sponsor that can do that but for the vast majority of us we we're not going to be able to to achieve that like so that there must be a way that we can figure out that actually we can <sighs> i mean like, look at look at macromona right so he he, he he sacrificed a few years of his life to learn really fine woodworking and now he mills his own logs, dries his own logs, and makes furniture out of them. Like if he if he had solar panels on his house, he would have no outgoings. If he if he worked out how to make his own finishes, he could do exactly what he does and not have to be in anyone's pocket. Hmm. He wouldn't have to he wouldn't have to have sponsors. He could make a living. He could make a living selling furniture. Never mind make a living selling plans and YouTube videos, you know, he that is sustainable through his love and his craft and his effort. So there's there's no reason why we couldn't and and don't take the castle thing literal. Like the castle is a metaphor. Like we could come together in a tent. I'm not bothered. But it's the it's the things that we bring with us. You know, what if we were sponsored by our own company? Yeah, and that and that company produced something. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's what I mean. Is that that where does that initial um that initial investment come from because it's all well and good saying oh yeah well you know he put in if he put in two years of his life and and, and do that and yeah he he did and he did a fantastic job and, and it was great but for the vast majority of people they can't afford to um to give up two years with no job or whatever to to go and 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 do that you know it's <sighs> It's a really um, because we're all so entrenched in this current system. It's it's not like you can just say, "All right, well, fuck it, we're going to go do this." Because you know you have responsibilities or whatever, or you need to pay rent, or you need to pay a mortgage, or you have pre-existing debt or whatever. Like we're a lot of us are already in this situation, and it would be fucking great to find a way of doing it. I love the idea of saying, "Well, all right, we have a company that does it," but that like it, it, it's one of those like you have that company but that company needs to make money before it can invest that money or you have to have investors which means the shareholders and I, you know i'm i'm not saying i'm not trying to poo-poo the idea i would just I'd well i think the whole point of this episode not. is we're trying to think of a way to get around it steve so yeah i kind of poo-poo in it but I, no i i'm i'm not poo-pooing i'm just <laughs> I'm just saying I, I would love to find well, the, 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 point, the whole part of what I'm saying is there must be a way. We just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. 
so so it's not that oh yeah but everyone wishes they could do it but they can't the point is you know i bet no one thought they'd be able to fund a book but now there's an entire platform where you can get people to to help you kickstart a book hmm. because they never used to build for publishers you can put you can publish yourself now you know i want to design this watch but i don't have the money to go and get the parts i'm going to raise it on a on a whatever indiegogo you know that there's there's ways if you can if you could do things differently there's ways to do things differently yeah. the problem is we're all conditioned to be like like joking at the start but being subservient being part of the system you know and i'm not talking like this whole oh corporations are the enemy it's all conspiracy like i'm well aware of how the world works but it, it's gonna take something to change it it's gonna take a different attitude and a different approach and it's like the, the more i see like i run these little workshops with 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 students when they when they come and you know they think they're coming to design logos when they come to a, a, a design studio hmm. it's like oh we're gonna go and do some coloring in and it's <laughs> like the first task i'll set them is like you know uh change the food industry and they're like what do you mean it's like do whatever you want <laughs> there's no rules <laughs> you're not an adult yet no one's gonna tell you off yeah how would you do things differently and just that blank slate that blank canvas that that idea that not everything is already decided comes up with some fucking amazing results you know you don't you don't you don't get that kind of instant like oh well yeah it would be great wouldn't it mm-hmm. you know the, it we, we all need to to get back that bit of fucking naivety and that innocence and that yeah it would and, and that's why elon musk can fucking fly a car into space yeah you know yeah he probably had some fucking hedge fund as a little kid but he wanted to do things differently and did and i think, well, I, think yeah, we, I think i think i think we all have the opportunity to do things differently because we all think differently and we're all not happy with the the way things are hmm. yes i i also just bank on the elon musk thing he also pulled all of the money out of paypal yeah. to fund tesla when it was yeah. about to just go broke and he he was just like no this has to get done yeah i have to you know pursue this and went for broke like no pun intended but li- literally went for broke and you know it, it could change the future where it's already changing things and and mixing up the automotive world and space travel and all that stuff but you know yeah it's like relying on the government to 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 get us somewhere in in space yeah is not is not going to happen they've got got other priorities yes (laughs) and the the analogy is i don't think relying on a professor or a university degree to be like if i get this i'll just get a job i disagree (laughs) i disagree completely and I think that's what at least I was fed growing up. It's like, yeah, you have a degree from a college. You go show it to people and go give me a job. <laughs> and I, I admit that like I didn't even get a job based on my college degree. I got a job because my brother was working at a company and they needed interns and it turned into a job. I never showed my degree. It helped. Obviously, the stuff I learned in school, I'll... I'll you know, I don't mean to make it sound like it was just, oh, what a waste of money. No, it was, I learned a lot. I know I paid a bunch to do the things that I did, but 
I never showed my college degree afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it was never like, oh, you studied under professor whoever in the middle of Kansas that no one knows. I guarantee you're going to just shake up our creative world. The that professor no one knows? Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think you know, this Elon Musk thing of just being like, what is the thing that you want? I, I don't want to be so aspirational to go, you can achieve all your goals and just forget about everything else. I, I don't want to suggest... It's not that I'm disagreeing with you, Al, but the whole Macromona thing, I love the idea that you you look at somebody like that and you see how they could be self-sustainable. Mm. I think there are people that get caught up in how to make that shift because they've pre-developed a lot of their life. And like, there's so many hurdles in place that they would have to jump over to get to make that step. Yeah. Where like a lot of times you go, oh, just, you know... Just quit your job. Go do whatever you want to do. Start making YouTube videos. You'll get successful. No, that's yeah. not how it fucking works at all. And there's, and and there's steps. Can't... It's like, oh, where am I going to get money for petrol? It's like, well, get an electric car and put some solar panels on your roof. It's like, it'll cost you money, but you'll never pay for petrol again. Right. <laughs> but you're making steps in that direction. So yeah. I think I think the idea of like, you know, the fact that education has lacked any kind of financial competency going forward like i don't remember having conversations in school in the generic classes of being like nope. you know what you should do with either investing your money or how to treat your bank account or how you should look at loans and how do loans work what are interest rates <laughs> like how should you actually look into your roth ira or your retirement yeah. fund yeah, yeah. Like you shouldn't be getting that advice from the person selling it to you yeah. exactly <laughs> they go hey uh we well, this is a really great one this one's just for you <laughs> Yeah, I got your number from a call list and I figured I could try and sell you on our retirement fund or whatever. Like any of that real adult stuff, you know, the responsible adult thing to do wasn't taught to us until way later in life. It's why I make little jokey giggles about how Animal Crossing is teaching a loan system to children. I mean, like, Yeah, if you want to expand your house, we'll give you the money to do that. You have to pay us back. And there's no knock against you in a game like that. They don't go, your interest rate goes up and we totally screw you over in the end. It's just like, <laughs> oh, we lost make... all the money. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. You want to make your house four bedrooms. Well, pay for one at a time and we'll build it for you. Like it's teaching. It's teaching in a really interesting way to just be like, it's a video game. There are really no responsibilities or, or bad knocks that will happen if you don't pay off the loan. I have an outstanding loan for like a quarter million bells. <laughs> That I haven't paid off, but they're bringing yeah, out a new game next year called Animal Hunting, where they just go and hunt. <laughs> it's like debt yeah, collecting. There you go. It's dog, <laughs> dog. Since all of them are animals, anyways, it's just dog the bounty hunter. They just buy the rights from him. But but the stuff that we could do progressing forward without like doing this big cyclical talk, it's. I think we have opportunities with the Fools Group to. Dial in, like, what is the, what is the real responsibilities that we have to tackle to do what we want to do in our lives? If if Jeremy wants to host classes talking about piracy and education and not tying and all these things, I'm going to pick up so much information. It's going to be super enjoyable. It's going to be an open discussion with all the people that are there. And I'm probably going to get more of a historical... Uh, I'll gain more historical knowledge from somebody that has a, yeah, a biased opinion, but is enthusiastic about it yeah. rather than generic history teacher X that's going to go, right, today we're covering the 1600s. 
You might have heard of pirates before. This is about pirates. But on that same note, if I can do a class the next day of somebody going, I'm going to talk to you about like uh, financial literacy when it comes to social medias and brand deals, sponsorships, all that kind of stuff. It may be the elephant in the room that nobody really wants to talk about it. But how disarming is it if you had somebody like Ben come in and go, I'm pretty good with business and I do what people do in this maker world. I'm going to try and give you some advice of how to clean these things up, so, which so, he's so that, done for like Ted talks and things yeah, like that. But before. So that's the thing. So that's where it comes interesting because I don't know, but Ben might have a going rate for one of those talks yeah. in, in cash currency. Right. Um, then I had a similar ex- experience. I was helping someone out with their branding and I don't mean like, doodling their logo, I mean, their actual branding, like helping them understand their company and what they were doing and their offering and stuff. And then wanting to pay me for it. And I'm like, I don't really want the money. It's not about that. It's about the education or it's about the value that you've taken from that. So it's almost like we need our own currency or we need, we need a different way to look at value yeah. that isn't, to your point, Steve, uh, the amount of hours that go into it must equate to cash because Otherwise, I'm doing it for free. Yeah, <laughs> which is a valid point. You're completely right, but I think there's inherently more value in the things that we're offering. So Ben's Ben coming in and talk to us about business. You know, is that exchanged for a, a blacksmithing class or a new logo or um, meeting the guy who can produce simple finish for him at half the price? You know, what's the what's our version of currency is just fucking made up anyway, right? It's not oh, real. It's not, we're not trading gold anymore. It's an imaginary thing written on something that literally says, I owe you <laughs> in various yeah. guises. So equating everything to this, this, this dollar value is folly anyway. So I'd be much more interested to go, right, what's our way of solving that? What's our way of putting food on the table? What's our way of putting a roof over our head? Yeah. You know, again, not in a world where we all go and live in a cult in a barn somewhere and never see anyone <laughs> ever again. Because there was an advert actually about um, like a really remote Scottish island where they're running an experiment uh, like yeah, this, and, yeah. and, and it was like uh, we're, we're looking for twenty for the the twenty twenty year uh, new residents. And they're like, mm. we've got twelve houses, um, and we want you, you know, are you the right fit? And it was like interesting, and I looked it up, and it, and it straight away it was just like it was like being Amish or something. There was all these rules yeah. and all these regulations and stuff. So, well, I'm just trading one set of regulations for another set of regulations. Hmm. There'll just be shitter internet <laughs> 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 and probably no hospital, you know. So it's like that instantly failed because they're not they're not trying to do anything different. They're trying to do exactly the same, but just taking things away. So, mm. so that isn't the answer for me. The answer is rethinking it. It's like that that movie with um, Justin Timberlake in where the currency is time. And you pay for things in time. Mm-hmm. What? In time. It's a great film. In time. I've never heard of yeah. it. Yeah. Watch it. It's fucking class. Wait. It's obviously cheesy and it's got Justin Timberlake in. But yeah. the, the premise is fucking brilliant. Basically, you have a finite amount of time and that's everyone has the same amount when they start yeah. life. And that's that's your bank account. So you buy like... <laughs> You buy a meal with two minutes and yeah. then you go do some work and you get an hour. Yeah. So it encourages people to do things. And obviously there's hilarity ensues and there's yeah. drama. <laughs> um, but it was just rethinking that what is actually valuable. And the one thing is valuable is the thing that you run out of. Mm. So, you, yes, Steve, 
I praise you for being pragmatic and realistic, but just entertain me for a minute and just think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There must be a way we can we can re we can rethink this that that values what we do. Yeah, no, I I I really like it. I, I love like the, making people laugh over the. <laughs> I, I love the idea of like a like a bar, almost like you say like a bar system where it is kind of you know I'll do this for you and you do because uh, yeah. the amount of uh, of exchanges I've done with people where. Yeah, you know, they've people I know that want to buy a, a thing I've made or whatever, and yeah. generally I don't like taking money from friends. Um, so I'd much rather say, well, you know, this takes me X amount of time, and the material cost is negligible. Um, why don't you make me something that also takes you X amount of time? Yeah. Um, but it becomes interesting when that world is still connected to the current world and the current economy. And the current way of doing things. Yeah. If you just go and isolate yourself and become a medieval village and yeah. just trade in fucking hay and poo, like there's not there's not gonna be any progress. Yeah. And it's similar with like Bitcoin. Like no one in the real world took Bitcoin seriously until they went, you know, you can like pay a few dominoes with Bitcoin, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, so it's like real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I I I love like I love it as a concept. I I'm really intrigued to to um, to discuss more about um, about that and how it could. Like how content, it... content is a currency now. Yeah, people people will well to to an extent pay us for dicking around. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I I love that, and I love the idea of of integrating that kind of um, barter scheme in mm. with in with the real world and. I think that that's kind of, uh, in a way, is one of my biggest issues. Is as soon as we start discussing something like that, whereas you'll quite happily go off and you'll look at the. I was going to say this in a really shitty way, and I don't mean it in a really shitty way, but you'll go off and you'll look at the sunshine and rainbows of it. Whereas I'm, I tend to kind of go, well, how is that going to work? How is this? And I, I want to, and it's, it's from working in it for years like i want to figure out exactly how each step is going to work before we've actually finalized the yeah. concept it's, it's but like even, but even that in itself is one of the problems so it's like oh yeah yeah and again back at you no disrespect to you yeah the problem in the it industry is the only employ people from the it industry the yeah. second you employ a creative thinker who goes oh I, i'm not bound it's like neo i'm not bound by your rules yeah you know yeah. for all intents and purposes he was just a hacker but because he wasn't bound by the rules, he could do whatever he wanted. And that's yeah. why I, I see it. I, I literally have just helped a, a, an IT department restructure what they do because they were only hiring people based on what they could code and their experience with yeah. all these fucking systems. And it's like, no, hire, hire people for how they problem solve. Hire people from yeah. other industries. Yeah, because exactly to your point, they'll go, they won't be sat, sat there going, "Oh yeah, but what about the back end? What about the like?" Yeah. <laughs> they'll be but going, "What's possible?" Because that's 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 the thing is is you need to have that um, that kind of person that that doesn't give a shit about how it's done. Yeah, it's just the I think we should do this. Now you figure out how to do it. Yeah, and whereas if you go, well, how are we going to do Because uh, if we do that, then we'll have to do Don't this. Don't you worry about blank. Let me worry yeah. about blank. Exactly. What we need is we need the 80s guy back. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, like I say, I, I absolutely fucking love the idea, and I would quite happily sit here all night having a long conversation with you about how we can, how we can get that end goal to come to fruition. But, but my point is, it it will take more than us two. It will take everybody that wants to oh, be involved yeah. because yeah, you, you will have the 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 person who's built construction houses. You'll have the banker. You'll have the the IT guy. And yeah. the filmmaker and the colorer in a and yeah that that is what we'll get a new way of thinking is is all those different disciplines and, and approaches to problem solving yeah um yeah no i and again i 100 percent agree you've just completely ruined my brilliant segue where i was going to do a callback and refer to in time and we've only got a finite amount of time on this podcast and oh we're using it all up and i need to buy a sandwich and so we're gonna I get a spiffing I don't um, adhere to your rules. Ruined. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, we'll just go to spiffing. It's fine. <laughs> People that we think that are spiffing. Uh, Al, have you got an order? Yes, yeah, abs. Abs, which means you're first. So that means you have to do stuff now. I know, I was trying to think of the catchphrase. That being said, that being said, um, I would like to spiff the fantastic Dark Star and Phil Thompson for his Herculean effort in wrangling uh, a bunch of makers together ragtag crew um to bring a spectacularly edited uh audio storybook i don't even know what it's called what would you call it brett it's not an a audio serial an audio serial uh yeah dark star dark star one now dark star episode one is up um it's a joy to listen to it's great hearing people from the community have characters and <laughs> Bring some wacky personalities into the crew. Whatever <laughs> effects were done on Sharon's voice, it's fuck. Sharon's is my favorite. Sharon's is my so favorite good. character. It's so good. Did um, you realize? Did you have the same kind of audio uh, response where I was like, "That sounds like Sigourney Weaver." This is like an <laughs> alien. <laughs> and I've known Sharon for a while and hung out with her plenty, but I never put it together that if she talks in just such a way, it sounds exactly like Sigourney Weaver. Um, yeah. So if you've not listened to it. Um, go and check out the, the the link. It's the episode is actually up on YouTube um, as well as in in podcast form. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to do that every episode, but I think for the first one, he just wanted he wanted it to be as accessible as possible. Um, so go listen, Dark Star, accessible. Nice. Uh, I didn't actually realise it was on pod, in podcast form as well. He just sent me the link to the. Um... So, yeah, I think uh, was, I think I think you try to get everyone on the YouTube first, just because it was an easy platform. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then worry about the the hosting and shiz later. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Brett, you are next. Yeah. All right. Uh, quick little note, Spiff. Uh, Vanity, the YouTube channel, Vanity that always has funny, silly videos. Billy West has done the last two, so. Anybody knows how big of a fan I am of Billy West. I love watching him talk about voice acting and <laughs> impressions and things. They're delightful. The spiff this week, though, has, has absolutely go 
Oh my god. Right. Back it up. Absolutely go. So Spiff this week goes to Eric from Cutworks. Um he's just a delightful guy. He has one video on his YouTube channel, Cutworks W E R X. Um his Instagram is cut underscore works. He really is a delightful guy, and he's extremely talented. And I love his process work. Like he's a he's a great fabricator, but he always thinks out the process and things, you know, being done to the higher degree because <laughs> this could just be bodged together. But this is a thing that's supposed to go in a restaurant and needs to last for five years. And he thinks about those things. I don't know, in this like magical way that just makes tons of sense. And he's also a good educator. Like everything that he told me with rewiring this motor was simple, like completely translatable for the future for other wiring projects that I'll have to deal with, but done with no ego and none of this like, I am teacher, you are student, listen to me, I know things. <laughs> it was like, I learned this by fucking around and fixing things over the last 20 years of my life. Let me tell you how this works and just parse down to like a 20 minute long conversation made tons of sense feel super comfortable with it going forward it's like a breath of fresh air to have somebody explain something to you without coming across as horribly pretentious <laughs> so i know that he is continuing into like the the push right now is to see what happens with him growing his youtube channel but also hopefully we're going to start seeing some more on just instagram of his like day-to-day -day work Nice. And he's also, it's just fun to watch him work and watch him <laughs> solve problems. It's, it's, he's got one of those unique brains that just stuff makes sense in his world and you just have yeah. to watch the magic come out of it. So I'm looking forward to seeing where things go with, with Eric. I know Stacy, his wife is not only helping, but pushing really hard to, to get things moving forward. So <laughs> he made the Gary go round. He made the Gary go round and he made the fire pit though. that like, jokingly when we were doing makesgiving it was like you know it would be cool as if we had a fire pit because they never had one before and then like later that evening he just was like hey so i made a fire pit <laughs> like, when did you do that <laughs> sneaky devil he's a great guy anyway awesome um yeah no good show i think i i think i remember you talking about him before i think just in like chats sort of thing yeah uh, and yes Lots of very cool oh, stuff. He also came up with a really good idea that's going to show up in this next video, like halfway through <laughs> the video. No plan. He just was like, hey, you know what we should do? And I was like, yes, we're going to do that. So I'll keep that a little <laughs> bit of a secret for anybody that's looking forward to the video. But it's going to be fucking silly, and I can't wait to edit. Awesome. Breaking yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, yes, so my one is uh, I have been listening to a, a lot of podcasts uh, recently. Um, and I I like getting things from a different perspective. Um, I like hearing other people's thoughts that are perhaps out of my usual realm. Um, and Joe, uh, Workshop Joe, actually introduced me to this podcast, which is uh, Cleared Hot. Um, which is a podcast by a guy called Andy Stumpf, who 
Uh, he is an ex-Navy SEAL who ended up on the Joe Rogan podcast. And Joe Rogan basically said, you're really good at this. You should start your own podcast. So he did. Um, he interviews a lot of uh, ex-Army, Navy, military guys, um, as well as a lot of um, like first responders. Um, and there's some really, really interesting stories uh, that come out of it. Uh, when when Joe first said about it, I was very reluctant because I thought it's going to be a military one. It's going to be just all guns and machoism and all of that. But um, but Andy, the the uh, host, is is a big advocate for uh, mental health, um, and the conversations that he has with uh, a lot of um, the the people that he has on have to do with um with ptsd with depression and um and just a lot of the the horrible shit that people in those industries have to deal with um there are quite a few uh depending on on who he's interviewing at the time there are quite a few um uh interesting conversations and interesting um but i think as a as a general listen i think it's it's actually really interesting um the most recent episode uh that came out today with remy adelecki uh who is um a guy from uh west africa um who's got one of the most interesting life stories i think i've ever heard um but he essentially He's moved from uh no uh he he grew up in uh west africa his dad was um from a his dad was originally a tribesman uh who ended up going to university in london uh and then through a a series of events ended up um becoming very very wealthy very Mm -hmm. well known very well off uh bought some land from the african government and then it got bought back off of him and it, it absolutely insane and then goes off and uh ends up living in the bronx for a while and grew up in the bronx uh and then went through a a bit of a bad time uh and then ended up joining um joining the navy and it's a really really interesting um conversation there was a lot of um unique perspectives that came from it um the other good one was uh he does uh, a thing called full, full Auto Friday, where he just spends five minutes answering questions. And one that uh, came out Friday just gone, so three days ago, was uh, round 13. Um, it was really interesting because, again, he was talking about dealing with uh, with poor mental health and dealing with anger and rage and, and all of those sorts of things. And it was, it was an interesting uh, point of view on it all. Um, so yeah, like it's like I say, there's some interesting stories that come out of it. Again, uh, there was uh, an episode a few back with a guy called Travis Howes, um, and it was a couple of the funniest stories I've ever heard. Also, some of the darkest, most horrible, most depressing stories I've ever heard. Um, so they're they're. I mean, on average, they're like two and a half hour long episodes. It's it's very interesting. Uh, I would recommend it, but I would uh, kind of be prepared. It's it's not a nice, flowery conversation all the time, sort of thing. Oh, be um, prepared. 
but yeah, it, it's it's a good podcast. Um, let's say interesting perspectives on things. So uh, if if you feel like that might be your sort of thing, go check it out. Uh, cool. Is there any other business? Yeah. Uh, if you've not seen the Maker Monsters, oh no, the Craftsman, be the Craftsman video, craftsman. be the Craftsman, where everybody got to be the Craftsman. Um, I don't know if it was for his 300,000 subscribers or some sort of special milestone. Can't can't remember. But yeah. basically, he gave everyone the chance to send in their own little video of being their own little craftsman, and it was great. I think there was some people in the group that did it as well. I know. I, nice. I was this close because I was like, I have a fucking puppet version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, totally failed on that one. I feel terrible. Um, I don't know if it was, if it was just his... Um, Patreons or just anyone was open to it, but he had like hundreds of in- entries. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just lovely to see, and lovely to see all the different like styles. Like some people had done like digital animations of the Craftsman. Some people, like Brett said, just made their own puppets. Some people have yeah. made their own puppets of the Craftsman. Um, but yeah, it was <laughs> lovely. And it's just awesome. heartwarming to watch and funny. Nice. Go check it out. Uh, I will chat that in the shows as well. Cool. Uh, Nothing else for me. So if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Behind the secret door. Exactly. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, uh, Fools with Tools uh, on Facebook, uh, fwtpodcast.com and at FWT Instagram. Uh, we used to be on Twitter. I don't know if we're still even on there. What? But... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think when we we got into some right Twitter battles on Twitter with the tweets. Yeah, I, I think there's like two posts on Twitter from us. Um, (laughs) Saying go to go to Facebook or go to Instagram. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, don't follow us on Twitter. Um, But yeah, that's it. Uh, So until next time, we love you all. Bye. Bye.